0: This is an ABC podcast. No, hold on.
1: Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's make a podcast. Hi, it's Pip here. And I'm alone once again. Ugh, I can't believe it either. And also, I can't believe that I have to play you another D Salmon voice memo to explain her absence. I mean, are you bored of them? I really hope you're not. I kind of love them. I think they're really entertaining. And the one I'm about to play you is... Mwah, Chef's kiss. But before I do, though, let me explain why it's been weeks without my other pod half, D. Okay, so COVID happened, right? Which no one could predict, and that took her out. And then next, she had wisdom teeth surgery. And this was planned, we knew this was happening. So I asked her to record something right after surgery. So here she is in all her unfiltered glory.
2: It's about half an hour after my surgery. I can give you an absolute stunning update. All is well. I was under for about an hour, pretty much dreamt of Hamilton the whole time, which was just absolutely gorgeous. Relived the whole musical, really. Woke up and it was done. And then Fiona, one of the nurses, was having a little bit of a, a bit of a bitch about one of the anesthetists. Turns out he's a full on misogynist. So we kind of bonded over that. I was like, Fiona, babes it's 2022, we don't deal with that anymore. And she was like, no, darling, we still do. We still do. So that was a bit of a news flash for me. Um, and then, yeah, just been chilling, not allowed to sip through a straw. Mum's gone to go get my tremmies, so that's just absolutely gorgeous. I'm excited for that. And um, turns out I can still speak, maybe not as well, but they reckon I'll be in tip-top shape in about a week's time. So I look forward to being back on the hookup and chatting with you all then. Okay, miss you. Bye. (laughs) Wisdom teeth surgery cannot keep a good girl
1: down. Also, this might have been D coming off the anaesthetic, but this is truly her authentic self. Like, this is no filter. This is what you get. So I love it. Now, look, I don't want to make any promises in this fickle world, but... She should be back next week for real. Got my fingers and toes crossed. Truly is going to be a miracle to see her in this studio with me and it is going to be the greatest reunion slash pod episode of all time. All right, so you've heard of endometriosis, right? You devs would have, I think. In the last six to 12 months, it's gotten so much media coverage with people speaking up about the disease. There's been way more education on what it is and how it's affecting everyone across the country and the world. And just a few weeks ago, the Australian government committed a record $58 million worth of funding to go towards what they're calling the National Action Plan for Endometriosis. But what about its evil cousin, adenomyosis? That's what our mate Bridget Husswaite calls it. And to be honest, I've really taken a shine to this term. While Dee was still down and out with COVID, Bridget actually came onto the live radio show the other week and she brought a whole goodie bag of topics to chat about. Like, I could just tell this girl has been saving them up for a rainy day. Like, I know she'd been waiting for the day for us to ask her to fill in. And she claimed her moment. And one of the topics that she wanted to delve into was, I don't know, I'm going to wager a guess that you might not know what adeno is, but don't worry, you're not alone. I also had no idea before Bridget even brought it up, and you most probably didn't know that April is Adenomyosis Awareness Month. So in this episode, we're going to get the full rundown on what it is, why it often gets confused with endo, and how to cure it. So my gal Bridget knows a lot about endo. She's written a book about it called How to Endo, and she also runs an Instagram account called Endogram, where almost 50,000 people come together to chat and share stories and just generally vibe about what having endo is like. And that's how she met Claudia. Claudia has endo, and she used to have adenomyosis. And we'll get to why she doesn't have it anymore really, really soon. So stick with me. But yeah, Adeno is a really hectic disease that is way less known than endo, and in the same way with endo, it's totally invisible. Bridget caught up with Claudia to chat to her about her experience with it, and she reckons that she always had adeno from birth, and it was triggered by puberty. I consistently had
3: really heavy bleeding from a young age, uh, dark Clotted bleeding, my periods are really irregular. Um, sometimes I would bleed for like 30 days of the entire month, wow. and then sometimes I wouldn't bleed at all. And then sometimes I would bleed every two weeks. It was just over the place. And then doctors would say to me, you know, it's just puberty, it's just your cycle getting itself together. You know, you just got to grow up and get used to it. Um, but it never became normal, I guess. Um, but it ended up being overshadowed with endometriosis. And I think that's what happens a lot with people with adenomyosis. And so I put a lot of my focus onto endo and I went uh, over to the US and had uh, an excision surgery for that. And then as I was recovering from that surgery and getting well in other aspects, I started noticing that there was still a lot of chronic pelvic pain and debilitating symptoms I was dealing with that weren't disappearing and I mean like debilitated into the point I was using a walking stick at mm. 28 years old
1: yeah and even um, like you've got um a shower aid chair like
3: absolutely yeah. I've been using a shower chair f- I mean since 2018 I have basically been almost disabled fully I haven't been able to work since 2018 from yeah. both of these conditions um and so I feel like as I was getting better from one condition I was getting worse with the other and then um I started having to look at, okay, so I've had this gold
1: standard care for one um, condition. I think I now have to look at how I'm going to treat this other one. But before we get stuck into treatments and symptoms, let's get an expert in the room.
0: Adenomyosis is very underestimated and underdiagnosed in clinical practice. With that said, really, the true prevalence is unknown, largely because it's understudied and underfunded for research. I mean, for a disease that, you know, we've been talking about and has been discovered for, you know, almost 200 years, we still don't know a lot more than we did.
1: (laughs) That's Heather Guidone. She's the program director for the Center of Endometriosis Care in Atlanta, Georgia. She knows a whole lot about endo and adeno, not only professionally, but personally, That's because she had adeno, and so she knows the pain that people go through with this. And she can also explain to us medically what the hell is going on.
0: So adenomyosis is clinically defined or histologically defined, if you would, um, as the presence of ectopic endometrial glands and stroma within the myometrium. Now, what does that mean, right? So... The endometrium is the innermost layer of the uterus, as most people know, Um, it's a layer comprised of glandular cells that sort of has a junctional zone where the cells break through into the myometrium, which is the middle layer, um, also the thickest layer. And the myometrium is is mostly comprised of smooth muscle. So it's primarily involving the myometrium and the endometrial junction.
1: So basically, it's where that endometrial tissue starts to grow into the muscular wall of the uterus. And that's what can cause a whole host of really intense symptoms. They can be very, really variable and wide ranging um, in terms
0: of both presentation and severity um you know we would see things like um heavy bleeding uh with and without menses abnormal uterine bleeding um severe severe menstrual cramping which i know will resonate with a lot of folks with adeno, um dyspareunia which is painful sex um chronic pelvic pain infertility um Irregular and prolonged bleeding is is not at all uncommon, but then there's also quality of life um, health issues as well. Things like fatigue and exhaustion, um, you know, other health-related quality of life issues. Um, you know, some folks, they don't have any symptoms at all in our population, in our community, that is not as common as
3: symptomatic presentation.
1: And as you heard before, Claudia was really getting a bit of a stitch up with both endo and adeno symptoms.
3: At first, it was super hard to differentiate. But then as I started like learning more about the conditions and where they were in the body and stuff, I was able to kind of pinpoint what was what. So with endometriosis, It's defined as a disease outside of the uterus. So my pain would be widespread. It would be all over my pelvis. It would be uh, like with my bowel pain, uh, pain with urination. Um, It was very widespread um, whole body pain, uh, whereas adenomyosis is a disease of the uterus. Um, And so for me, the adenomyosis pain was very situated, like directly where my uterus was. And it was always very intense deep ache and
1: large cramping. And Heather can attest to that too. People often find it really hard to diagnose between them because there's such an overlap of the symptoms. It can be a
0: confusing diagnosis because as you said, you know, it may be confounded by or confused with endometriosis or even fibroids. Um, in, in fact, it is not at all unusual for them to co-occur. Um, so it, it really becomes sort of that diagnostic workup, you know, is this endometriosis, is this fibroids, is this abnormal uterine bleeding from some other cause, uh, abnormal you know, bleeding and pain, or is
1: this, you know, just adeno, or is it all of these things? Any way you slice it, though, the pain is unreal. I mean, I had a baby now, and I will tell you, I got an epidural
3: at like four and a half centimetres dilated, but up until that point, the labour pains were nothing, compared to the pain that I would experience with a menstrual bleed with adenomyosis and I used to hear people say that before I'd fallen pregnant and I was like surely not there's no way I'm going through every single month with pain that's worse than what people are having when they are delivering babies and then when I experienced it for myself I was like I was validated but also so devastated for everyone who isn't believed with this pain because the pain is so severe and it's uh, it travels down my back, down my legs, in my hips. It's just a deep, deep ache. And and so that's not something that I used to get with endometriosis. That was a pure adeno thing.
1: So if this thing is so hard to differentiate between endo, how do you diagnose adeno? It can definitely really be uh, difficult to diagnose
0: symptomatically. And also, I mean, there are ways to diagnose it, Um non-invasively now, but traditionally speaking, it's always been a diagnosis through histology, which is hysterectomy and taking the sample and biopsying it. Um, But the good news is now we have um, a lot of progress in imaging, progress in things like ultrasound and MRI. You can get an excellent, very high, very specific read on whether or not adenomyosis is at the culprit.
1: So yeah, like Heather said, you can suss it out symptomatically, but also we have this amazing technology that's been really successful over the last two decades in helping people get a diagnosis without having to do the invasive surgery. Now, you've probably noticed both Heather and Claudia have been throwing the word hysterectomy around a bit too, and that's kind of where treatment comes in here. But don't worry, there are loads of treatment paths you can mosey down before any drastic surgery
0: there's a lot of wide-ranging options. Um, It it may be multiple options combined together. Um, You know, it could range from things like medications, such as analgesics, like NSAIDs, or non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, drug suppression therapy, the IUD, combined oral contraceptives, Those sorts of things can all be tried um, as a uterine sparing option. Some folks prefer traditional Chinese medicine or alternative therapies. Um, Interventional radiology is is really coming into play more in adenomyosis, things like uterine artery embolization, which we've traditionally seen in fibroid therapy or treatment, Um, and, and most recently, probably in the last 10 or so years, Um, HIFU or high intensity focused um, ultrasound, which can be used to spare the uterus, let the individual keep their uterus, um, but has a pretty high level of success in terms of pain management, symptom management. Then we turn to things like surgery. um, When we're talking surgically, uterine sparing options may be viable for some. Um, for example, if there's an isolated or focal area of adenomyosis, that might be able to be removed in the individual and spare the uterus uh, for folks who want to keep it uh, you know, for preference or fertility, future, or whatever. Um, there is a pretty high level of recurrence with that approach, um, but it certainly can be tried. But if you want to get rid of it completely... The only cure is, absolute cure, is hysterectomy, unlike with endometriosis, because it's confined to the uterus. So get rid of the uterus, get rid of adenomyosis. unlike endometriosis, which is, of course, endometrial-like tissue found elsewhere
1: in the body. Of course, this is pretty much the end of the road for some people. Like, they might have tried everything up until that point of surgery to lessen the symptoms, and it's still no good. And for Claudia... This was the case. But there were so many other factors that aggravated her adeno after she'd given birth to her daughter, Ayla. Back then,
3: I wasn't even ready to start family planning or anything. Mm. So it really wasn't something I was looking too much into. But then, of course, my symptoms became to a point where I couldn't ignore them anymore and then... Uh, I think having the surgeries for endometriosis accelerated the disease. I think I've now had um, my daughter, she's now 15 months old. Um, So pregnancy, uh, labour, birth, all of that feel like accelerated all of that. And then the first year of my daughter's life was very, very, very difficult. Um, My period came back within nine weeks of giving birth um, and was horrendous from the get go. Like I said, all of those things uh, accelerated the adenomyosis.
1: Ultimately, it was the right choice for her but it wasn't an easy one. It was obviously
3: the hardest decision I've had to make so far in my life. Um, It took years and years of discussing uh, with my partner, Michael. Um, We began discussing hysterectomies even before we'd fallen pregnant. We, of course, didn't know what our fertility journey would hold. I had been um, obviously diagnosed with two conditions. So we weren't sure if I was able to fall pregnant or if I would be able to hold a pregnancy to full term. Um, And so it had been an option on the table for a while. Uh, We decided to fall pregnant uh, fortunately it was quite easy for us surprisingly with everything going on um, I had a very difficult pregnancy but I was able to carry Ayla to 38 weeks I was had to be induced my placenta started to give out because I couldn't hold it wow. um, and so after I had Ayla and then the subsequent immediate pain I was in uh, right after birth I had to stay in the hospital for five nights um, on serious amount of pain meds um, and then the entire year of her like first year of life was so incredibly difficult for me pain-wise. Everything just got worse and worse. It, it basically became a point of deciding not to have a hysterectomy was just as much of a life-altering decision as choosing to have one. Um, I wasn't sure that my body would a- be able to carry another pregnancy like it did with Ayla. I wasn't sure that I would be able to care for Ayla while being debilitated by pregnancy and newborn again. The decision to make a hysterectomy in the end became an easy one because it saved my life. And Mm. now that I'm going to be recovered and cured of this disease, I'm hoping that it will completely change the life of my family as well.
1: Claudia is doing great, by the way. She's about seven weeks post-op and is doing really well in recovery. She said that she's still got a ways to go, but she reckons the feeling of having this disease fully removed is noticeable already in her body, which is sick. And while we have a lot of support around endo, there's still so long to go with adeno. Like with endo, there are so many barriers to care and access to treatment with these invisible diseases. And before we wrap this one up, I want to hand it over to Claudia, who really summarizes this beautifully. It's important to know that adenomyosis isn't just a white working woman's reproductive condition or just a bad
3: period. This is, like endometriosis, an aggressive, debilitating, life-altering disease that can affect anyone with a uterus. That includes trans people, non-binary, intersex, gender fluid. And the language we use when talking about these conditions is really important because it directly affects the access that these patients with this disease can act, can get to. It's so important that we're inclusive. So they're involved in these important conversations. They get to learn the facts. They're in part of the support groups. And I just think that it's really important to know that this disease isn't just a bad period that's for cis women.
1: I really hope this ep's been interesting and you've come away with a bit more knowledge about adenomyosis. It's definitely something before Bridget brought it up that I had absolutely no idea about. Like, I don't know who, who is she? But now I know, which is great. And I'm stoked that we were able to chat to Claudia and Heather about it and, you know, gain some more knowledge and hopefully maybe even start some conversations about this debilitating disease. I want to say a big thank you as well to Bridget Hussway who jumped on for this episode too. I would not have been able to do it without you. So thank you. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch, hit us up on our Instagram at Triple Hookup. Get in our DMs. Let us know what you want us to cover or if you have any questions, thoughts, feelings, get in there. Don't be shy. And also you can email us, um, thehookup at abc.net.au. Thanks so much for listening. And I'll catch you next week with D. hopefully. Oh, God, <laughs> please. I can't do this on my own anymore. I miss her. Anyway, bye. Love you.